Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Yes. Recording started. Oh, first love me. Oh. How I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Amen. Let us pray. Eternal Father, the Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, it is again that we say thank you. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for life, for health, for strength, for food on our tables, clothes on our backs, shoes on our feet. Father, you have been better than good to us, your little children. We give you all glory, all honor, and all praise. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for life, health, strength. Thank you, Father, for waking us up today, putting air in our lungs one more time. We give you all glory, Father. We pause reverently as the one leper did out of the 10. When Jesus healed him, he went away, he saw that he was healed, and he had to come back and give thanks to his creator, to his Lord, and to his God. Father, we have come back today as the one leper to say thank you, to appreciate you for the many good things that you have done to us, through us, and for us. Thank you, Father, for not dealing with us as our sins deserve, but you have been merciful. You have been patient. You have been kind. We want to say thank you. We want to appreciate you, Father, for who you are and what you do. Give you all glory, all honor, and all praise. Father, we pray that as we study today to show ourselves approved unto you, that you will make us workmen 
who don't need to be ashamed, but who rightly divide your word of truth. Speak, Father, for your children, your people, your servants have gathered from the four corners of the earth to hear what your spirit has to say in these last and evil days. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before him. These and all other blessings we ask and we count done. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. Amen and amen. The Lord bless you. Children of God, I do greet each of you once again. The mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, our strength and our Redeemer. For those of you worshiping with us for the first time, I am Apostle Robert Bryant pastor of the Christian Center Church Worldwide Headquarters here in Kinston, North Carolina, USA. And I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Living the Word, a place where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of millions of God's people all over the world. We do thank God for each of you. We thank God for your life. Uh, understand my brother and my sister wherever you are whatever country you are in whatever nation whatever kindred and whatever tongue as a child of the most high God the vision that God has placed within you is connected to the vision that God has placed within me and the vision that God has placed within me is connected to the vision that God has placed within you. Now, we may not know exactly how and exactly what we need to do in order for that to manifest as the Lord desires, but understand, my brother and my sister, that we are one in Christ. We are one. Uh, No matter what our nationality, what our race, what our socioeconomic background, we are one in Christ. There's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism, one God who is over all and in us all as children of God. So uh, one of the things that we want to do in this life and in the land which the Lord thy God has given us is to try and be sensitive to God's spirit so we can find out how we are connected as believers, how I, as ministries, as because we are connected. Now, how? We don't know. Just like If you look at your natural body, and the Lord has placed this in my spirit now, my pinky finger on my left hand is connected to my big toe. Now, we know that they are far from each other on the body, but because they are both parts of the body, they are both 
connected. Now, my, my big toe may have to be connected to my foot. And my foot may have to be connected to my lower leg. And my lower leg may have to be connected to my upper leg. And my upper leg may have to be connected to my torso. My torso may have to be connected to my arm. My arm may have to be connected to my hand. And there you have it. So even though we are far away as children of God, just like our parts on our natural body may be far from each other, but they are still connected because there's one body. This is this is one body. It's not like we're looking at the big toe on your foot and the pinky pinky finger on my hand. We're talking about the big toe on my foot and we're talking about the pinky finger on my hand, my body. Well, we are the body of Christ. We are all connected. We may be far. We may have geographic location, distance between, but we are connected. So God wants us to understand that we are connected, operate as if we are connected. In my physical body, all of these parts, whether it be my big toe on my foot, my pinky finger, my heart, my lungs, there's one brain. Well, what we got to understand in the body of Christ, there's only one brain. And that's Jesus Christ. It's not Apostle Brian, not T.D. Jakes, not Pastor Chris, not Robert Kyangelo. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the head of the body of Christ. All the rest of us are followers. That's why we are called Christians followers of Christ. And that brings us, thank you, Holy Spirit. That brings us right on into our message for today. We're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 11 with a special focus on verse 1. The Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. We're still working on our topic, the Lord, your God, you must follow. The Lord, your God. Now, we understand that ultimately that is who we are following. We thank God for human leaders and, and, and uh, humans that can set proper example for us. But even the Apostle Paul realized something here that many leaders in the body of Christ uh, don't realize today. And we're going to look at that very shortly. Remember our, our topic, uh, follow me. I mean, uh, uh, the Lord, your God, you must follow. And this should be uh, session number four. Let us pray. Eternal Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, again, we thank you for another day in the land of the living. Father, as we examine your holy scripture today, we pray that you will open our eyes, open our minds, open our hearts to better understand your eternal word. You've told us, Father, that heaven and earth will pass away, but your words will never pass away. 
We pray, Father, for this eternal food today. Give us this day our daily eternal bread, Father, that we may better obey you, better serve you, better please you. These and all of the blessings, Father, we ask and we count done in Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. Amen and amen. It is the Lord thy God that we must follow. Praise the Lord. As we look at Paul's writings to the Corinthian saints, we look at Paul dealing with one of the most important aspects of our Christian lives. We see the apostle dealing with how we are to come together as children of God and worship our creator. Now we understand that there are many things that we are called on and asked to do as Christians with fathers, with mothers, with brothers, with sisters, with sons, with daughters, with apostles and prophets and uh, evangelists and pastors and teachers. We have many different responsibilities and many different uh, works of service. But our worship, how we worship God, we want to make sure that our worship is pleasing to God. Now, one of the things the Lord has in my spirit now, God, uh, God takes his worship very, very seriously. Now, you and I may or may not if we do, all well and good. If we don't, it is to our detriment. But God takes his worship very, very seriously. And it's so seriously that the apostle Paul told the Corinthian saints to follow me in this endeavor as I follow Christ. Paul said, look, I don't want to step outside of the footprints that Christ has laid, and I don't want you to step outside of the footprints that Christ has laid. Understand now, now what the Lord is showing me in my spirit, children of God, picture uh, someone walking in wet cement. And um, they have to get to the other side, maybe a group of people, a whole group of people. They have to get to the other side in wet cement. And they don't want to mess the wet cement up too bad. Now, if everybody went uh, stomping across the wet cement, you know, on their own, we would have a, the, the, the cement would be very, very damaged. But if 
everyone played follow the leader. In other words, one guy or one woman went across the cement and stepped in it and had his or her footprints in the cement. The next one stepped in the same footprints. The next one stepped in the same footprints. The next one stepped in the same footprints. At the end, we would not have too bad of a mess in the cement. That could that would that, that could easily be fixed because we stepped in the footprints that were laid down by the leader. You say, Apostle, how does this relate to our walk with Christ? Apostle Paul said, look, step, Paul said, look, Christ made some footprints. Paul said, I'm trying to step in Christ's footprints. Paul said, you all to come after me. You all step in Christ's footprints. Follow me as I follow Christ. Paul said, look, I'm not trying to establish any new footprints. Paul said, what I'm trying to do, and, and today, I'm not trying to establish any new footprints. You know, I'm trying to step in the footprints that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ laid and made. Understand, my brother, understand, my sister, you and I have the simple job. All we have to do is step in the footprints of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Step in the footprints of the apostles that went before us. Step in the footprints of the prophets that went before step in the footprints of the evangelists the pastors and teachers but one set of footprints god only want look god only want to see one set of footprints at the end of the day now what the lord just flashed in my spirit when i was a school teacher i would do something with my classes my health and physical education classes and instead of saying line up have people peeping out around the side and, you know, sometimes the line is not straight and different. Things. I had a friend of mine that was in the Marines and he shared something with me. He said, coach, you know, we do in the, in the military what is called one head. I said, what, what does that mean? That means that if there's a line that the leader should only see one head, the head of the, the first individual. Everyone else should be straight behind him. And I began using that in my classes, and it was a great blessing and helped bring uh, even more order to the classroom. God only wants to see one head. When, when I would call for my students, I'd tell them a line, uh, one head in front of me. That meant that the first man or the first woman, I would see their head. Everybody else will be in such a straight line behind them. I couldn't even see their head from out on the side. If I saw them peeping out from around the side, that, that might be five push-ups or 10 push-ups because I just finished saying one hit. God wants to see one head. God wants to see Jesus Christ. That's the one head that God wants to see. And he wants you and me to be so in line behind him that he can't even see us because you'll see Christ in us. My prayer for you, my prayer for me is that God cannot even see you, that God cannot even see me, but he will see Christ 
in us. Now, if we are followers of Christ, when God looks at Christ, he'll see Christ and he'll deal with us as if we are Christ. But if we are not following Jesus Christ, then God sees us. You think sometimes a student wouldn't be in line, wouldn't be in one head. And I'd see that student running around in the gym. Or, well, they were easy to punish. They were easy to spot out because I was only supposed to see one head. God is only supposed to see one head in the body of Christ. Now, we have different functions. We have different gifts. We have, But we have one head in the body of Christ, Jesus Christ. It, even even what the title tells you what's going on, it's the body of Christ. Well, then, the, just like my body, my physical body, my head is on top of it. The church is Christ's body. Christ's head need to be sitting on top of it. So I encourage you, my brother, encourage you, my sister, strive to lose yourself in the headship of Jesus Christ. Try to get so far behind Jesus Christ that you and I can't even be seen. When God looks at us, all he sees is Christ. See, God wants to see Christ in you. God wants to see Christ in me. He does not want to see me. He does not want to see you. He wants to see Christ in me. Christ in you. That is my prayer for each of us in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ. Well, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Paul said, look, I'm trying to get men and women to follow me, not just so they can follow me, but to follow me because I'm trying to follow Christ. And I want them to follow me as I follow Christ. Now, Paul said, look, if I don't follow Christ, then they don't need to follow me. They don't need to be followers of me. So I encourage you, my brother, and I encourage you, my sister. It is all right for you and I to follow one another as long as we are following Christ. It's all right for me to follow you as long as you follow Christ. It's all right for you to follow me as long as I'm following Christ. But the minute we get outside of Christ, now who was Christ? He was the manifested word of God. So Paul said, follow me as I follow God's word. Now Paul said, when I don't follow God's word, Paul said, don't follow me. Because Paul said, I'm not going to follow you. In fact, what the Lord is bringing to my spirit in Galatians, it should be about the second chapter, when the apostle Paul had to rebuke the apostle Peter. And the scripture says, when I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel. You see, what happened, Peter had gotten, he, Peter had stopped following Christ in a matter and Paul saw it. And rebuked him on it. Paul said, when I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel. So follow me as I follow Christ means 
follow me as I follow the word. As long as I'm doing what the word say, it's all right to follow me. The minute I stop doing what the word say, Paul said, don't follow me. And I say, don't follow me. We one set of footprints. God, that is what God is 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 impressing upon my my spirit. See, one set of footprints. Christ made a a a, a footprints in the cement, and He wants all the rest of us to step in those same footprints. God does not want to look up and see, because see, two or three sets of footprints are in error. God only wants to see one set of footprints. The footprints that Christ, our Lord, made. God only wants to see one head in the body of Christ, Jesus Christ. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And then Paul goes on and says, I praise you, brothers, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions as I deliver them to you. Now, now this is where we want to be very cognizant. In some places in the scripture, you will see Jesus rebuking uh, traditions. And in some places, as, as the scripture we are looking at now, you see Jesus praising or the spirit of God praising traditions. You, you say, well, apostle, it sounds like a contradiction. No, it's not a contradiction. It's a matter of some traditions are bad and some traditions are good. Traditions are not bad or good in and of themselves. It depends on what the tradition is. The tradition of of killing people is a bad one. The tradition of going to worship every day is a good tradition. So just like habit. Now you think when you hear the word habit, if you're not careful, that it means something bad. No, it just means something that is done repeatedly and done over and over. A habit can be a good thing or a habit can be a bad thing. You know, I jumped up this morning, went down into the church, exercise for about an hour and a half, lift weights, lift dumbbells, walk around the church. That's a tradition for me. That's a good tradition. Well, smoking cigarettes, or, or that's a good habit. Smoking cigarettes uh, that you've been smoking for 20 years, or that's a bad tradition or a bad habit. So, so what we want to do, children of God, is we want to get rid of our bad habits Get rid of our bad traditions. Get rid of the things that we are doing that are, are, are bad or are not pleasing to God that we have been doing for years. And we want to replace them with good traditions. We want to replace them with good habits. Bad habit, let's say you eat, you eat junk food five days out of the week. Well, that's a habit. You want to replace that habit. Maybe eat a salad five days out of the week. What have you done? You have replaced a bad habit. You have replaced a bad tradition with a good habit or a good tradition. Our Christian walk 
has a lot to do with you and I replacing bad habits, bad traditions in our lives and replacing them with good habits or good traditions. We all have bad habits. You know, things that we did, we just we just do it bad. We just do it bad. Maybe it's a sin that we like or maybe it's a, a lust of our flesh. But as we walk with God, we want to let go of the bad traditions in our life. We want to let go of the bad habits in our life and replace them with good traditions, replace them with good habits. The Apostle Paul here is speaking of good traditions, and he praised the saints because they remembered him in all things, and they were keeping the traditions. What kind of traditions? The good traditions as he had delivered them to you. Uh, but there were a lot of traditions, see, that we as children of God are to keep. We want to give God praise every day. That's a tradition. That's a good tradition. We want to study God's word every day. That's a good tradition. See, so that's a good habit. So there are things that we can do over and over that are good. There are things that we can do over and over that are bad. God wants us to let those things go. Now, Paul went on in verse three and he said, I want to have you know that the head of the woman is the man. The head of every man is Christ and the head of Christ is God. Now, that's God's order of creation. Understand that the adversary is working very hard to try and undo what God has laid down as an order. Order of creation. So we got God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of every man. Man is the head of woman. The adversary want to come in and twist that all up. Put women over men. Man try to be over Christ. And he's not going to get Christ to try any nonsense like that over God. But what the adversary will do is work on the entities that he can work on, that he can get victory with. If it's a woman that doesn't know that she's supposed to be under the headship of a man, she'll start thinking she should be over the man. If it's a man that doesn't know he's supposed to be under the headship of Christ, he'll start thinking he might need to be over Christ. Well, he, Christ is not going for what the adversary is talking about, and God is not going for that, what the adversary is talking about. So what the adversary does is he works on the entities where he can get victory. Now, he tried with Christ, you know, but he, he couldn't get Christ to, to go for any of his nonsense. Men and women, we do, you know, every day we go for some nonsense because because we are not perfect. Christ is perfect. He's not going for the adversary's nonsense. God is perfect. He's not going for the adversary's nonsense. Men and women, we're not perfect. We go for some of the adversary's nonsense every day. So let us keep in mind the order in creation. God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of every man. Man is the head of woman. Now, in worship, we're talking about worship. 
every man that is praying or prophesying. Prophesying is delivering a message from God. If a man is praying or prophesying, and this is what I have to share with many of my bishops, I pray that God opens their eyes before it's too late. Every man that is praying or prophesying with his head covered, in other words, a bishop hat or a little something, or you got anything covering your head and you are praying and you are prophesying, you are dishonoring your head. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. Now, some of you may say, Apostle, you know, does this mean a woman has to wear something covering her head or covering her hair? No, because it doesn't say with her hair uncovered. It says with her head uncovered. See. Hair is given to a woman as a covering. See, one of the things that was taking place in, during these times, during these biblical times, women were shaving their heads to show their uh, uh, independence from their husband. And so when you saw a woman with a shaved head, it was, it was a, a way of her saying that I'm not under the leadership of my husband. So Paul said every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered, she dishonors her head. For that is the same as if she were shaving or showing. For if the woman is not covered, let her also cut off her hair. But if it is a shame for a woman to have her hair cut off or shaved, let her be covered. Let her be covered. Look at verse 7. A man ought not to cover his head. Now, I wonder why some of my bishops uh, behave as if this is not scripture. A man ought not, a bishop ought not, a prophet ought not, a, a, ought not to cover his head. Why? Because he is in the image and glory of God. But the woman is the glory of the man. Now, that is very important to understand and, and to remember. Even though we are men and women, we are similar in a lot of ways, we have different glory. Man is the image and the glory of God. But the woman is the glory of the man. Well, you say, Apostle, what does that mean? Glory is what brings praise to you. As men, we are supposed to bring praise to God. We were created to bring praise to to God. If you ever wonder, man, you're listening to this broadcast, what you're supposed to do, what does God want you to do? God wants you and I to bring him praise, to bring him glory. We are the glory. Look at what the Bible says. He is the glory of God. You and I are the glory of God. We don't have any business doing drugs and 
sex, drugs, and rock and roll, we are the glory of God. Now we have to fight the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. We have to fight these things because we are meant to bring glory to God. We're meant to bring praise to God. Well, woman is the glory of the man. Woman is meant to bring praise to the man. Some of you feminists are looking at me. That's in the Bible. The Bible's not changing. Man was meant to bring glory to God. Woman was meant to bring glory to man. Look at verse 8. The man is not from the woman. Now, we know that we've all had mothers. We love them dearly. Thank God for my mother. You know, but man originally didn't come from a woman. Woman originally came from a man. You say, Apostle, what are you saying now? Everybody had a mother, not Adam. Not the first man. Adam was formed from the dust of the earth. See, And then God took one of his ribs and made the woman. All women came from man. But not all men came from women. So it's important to understand, my brother and my sister, though we are similar, there are differences. Just like though uh, us apostles may be similar to Christ, there are differences. You know, there are differences. The woman is from the man. The man was not created for the woman. Man was created for God. The woman was created for the man. Now, these scriptures here, children of God, in this day of twisted doctrine and twisted preaching and teaching, you're not going to hear many individuals preaching and teaching sound doctrine on this because it will offend a lot of people. You have to kind of have an attitude to preach these messages in this day and time, a kind of a I don't care whether you're offended or not attitude. This is the word of God, not my word, not your word. See? Woman out there, you were created for the man. Man out there, you were created for the God. That's what our Pakistani brothers and sisters, many of them, they call him the God. You were created for the God. The man is not from the woman, verse 8, but the woman from the man, verse 9. The man was not created for the woman but the woman for the man. For this reason, the woman ought to have a veil of authority over her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, now, and keep this in mind, neither is man without the woman, nor the woman without the man any law. For just as the woman came from the man, so the man comes through 
the woman. Now understand, man, we come through a woman. You know, all of us, other than Adam, we come through. But woman came from the man. But all things come from God. So at the end of the day, that's who we want to be. That's who we want to be found Follow What we say our topic is, follow the Lord thy God is who we must follow. You know, whether we come from here or we come from there, or this come from this, come, we come from God, ultimately. Whether God used a woman to birth us, whether God used the dust of the earth to form us, we come from God. We come from God. So that's who we want to be found following at the end of the day, my brother and my sister, God. How do we follow God? By following Jesus Christ as best we can. We can't just follow God just just so. God has given us a go-between. He has given us a mediator between God and man. He has given us someone we can we can talk to and we can relate to and we can through Jesus Christ. Same. Jesus Christ. Now, the tragic thing is that Jesus Christ, who is the only mediator between God and man, in other words, the only way that man, sinful man, corrupt, perverted me and corrupt and perverted you can reconnect with a holy, righteous and pure God is through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ, he came 2000 years ago. And men and women, because they didn't know what they were doing, they hated him. They despised. The Bible says he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? Jesus Christ, who is the only way that we can reconnect with a holy God, a sinful man can reconnect with a holy God. Jesus Christ was that way and we were so stupid. We were so ignorant. We were so blind that we didn't even see it. Why do we see it today as Christians? Why are we, why are we understanding that today as Christians? Because God chose to reveal Christ in you. And God chose to reveal Christ in me. That's the only reason why. The only reason why we have accepted Jesus Christ today as our personal Lord and Savior, why we have accepted Jesus Christ today as our go-between, between holy, righteous, and pure God, sinful, corrupt, perverted man. The only reason why we've accepted Jesus Christ today is because God chose to reveal Christ in us. If God had not chosen to reveal his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, in your life and in my life, we would still be unsaved. We would die and go straight to hell. Part of the reason that we thank God every day like we do is because God opened our eyes. God chose to. God said, basically, I'm going to reveal Christ to this Robert Bryant. 
as crazy as he is, as foolish as he is, as stupid as he is, I thank God every day that he chose to reveal Christ in me. And then you are to thank God today, my brother and my sister, that he chose to reveal Christ in you. Only reason why we are saved. Because God revealed Christ in us. So we thank God today for so many things, so many wonderful things that he has done to us, through us, and for us. We thank God today because he has chosen to reveal his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, in our hearts and in our minds. Jesus, who came down through 40 and two generations, truly lived, bled, suffered, and died, rose again from the dead, ascended on high, and is coming again. We thank God for the revelation of his only begotten son in our lives. the Lord thy God who we must follow. Paul says, I, I, I'm trying very hard to follow him. Paul says, I'm not perfect at it. But Paul says, I'm trying very hard to follow the Lord thy God. Paul says, follow me as I follow the Lord thy God. Well, children of God, we thank God today. Another day in the land of the living. God has blessed you. God has blessed me to see another day. See. To, to breathe, to walk, to talk, to sing to speak another day. God has blessed us and we want to thank him. We want to praise him. We want to worship him in spirit and in truth. May God continue to bless each of you. May heaven continue to smile on each of us. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. This is Apostle Robert Bryan, pastor of the Christian Center Church Worldwide Headquarters here in Kinston, North Carolina, USA, signing out. I will bless the Lord at all times. He is praised. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.